All right, welcome to the Getting Divorced Without Losing Your Mind podcast with Corey Shapiro. The quote is, I've interviewed and portrayed people who've withstood some of the ugliest things life can throw at you, but the one quality all of them seem to share is an ability to maintain hope for a brighter morning, even during our darkest nights. This is from Oprah Winfrey from her Golden Globe speech. Oprah seems to have a real positive perspective. So literally Google her if you're ever feeling down because she understands what great being grateful is, where she came from as a child to where she is now is unprecedented. All right, divorce news. I've been reading a lot about problems people have been having about embryos, not necessarily with you know, intact couples trying to get pregnant. That's fine. And having a child, that's great. But there's these extra embryos that are sometimes left over. It seems they have a storage, you know, industry going on for these companies. But the question is, what happens to these extra embryos if there's a dispute? Now, you might want to consider papering this, put this in writing. Uh, and if you're doing a prenup, and this is an issue. Put that in the prenup too. So here's some things to think about. It's not exhaustive. And also the law is ever changing. You know, some people view embryos as property. Some view embryos as more than property, maybe even humans. So there's a, people have a, a lot of issues, a lot of feelings about this. Very emotional. But at least you and your uh, you know, spouse or partner can be clear on your intent and you hope the court can enforce your intent. It's not going to be necessarily 100%. So number one, put it in writing and make sure the agreement is properly executed. This does not necessarily mean just notarized. You might have to get it acknowledged. It depends on your jurisdiction. Check it. You might have want an attorney to review it. You know, people say, ah, I didn't know what I was giving up. If they had an attorney to review it, maybe that uh, saves that defense. And then the big issue is you're really balancing someone's right to use these embryos without the other party's consent, or they don't want to be involved with that child's life, right? So are they a parent? Are they not a parent? You should put that in this agreement that the if a parent doesn't want to give consent, wants to destroy the embryos, but will, will be willing to let those embryos uh, turn into a potential child, but they just don't want to be involved, don't want to have any support obligations, put it in there. Now, can I guarantee you that that's going to be enough if you go to court and you have a child, that's your DNA, hey, give me child support? No, I can't guarantee that. But at least there's intent. If you want 100% safety, I think you want to follow the mutual consent rule, which is if anyone disagrees, you're just going to keep them in storage. And the person who doesn't want to destroy it the person doesn't want to destroy it uh, may have to pay for it. I'm not act exactly sure, but the, the issue of, of payment of the storage might be something to think about as well. All right, moving to question. I'm planning to get divorced. I want to move into my own home. I can't take it anymore, but I spoke to some friends, some lawyers, and everyone tells me it's not a good idea to leave right now. Uh, what should I do? Well, this question tees me up on something that I'm very familiar with. 
because these divorce cases, especially the conflict ones, could last years. I mean, when I say years, it could be seven, eight years. It's ridiculous. That's why I'm so for diplomatic resolutions of divorce, unless you have an extreme situation. Uh, better to go to therapy than spend all that time in court and with your divorce lawyers. But be that as it may, here's some things to think about. Uh, first of all, it seems some states allow the sale of home during a divorce. Other states like New York generally have to have that at the end. Okay, so you have all this time, you're living in a toxic environment. If you have a child, negatively impacting the child. All right, three things to consider. The reason you don't want to necessarily move out, there could be a financial consideration. If there's not enough money to go around, and you're like, listen, I just want out of this home. I can't take it anymore. It's ridiculous. And you move into another home and you still want spousal support. Remember, you might be reducing your lifestyle, so that might be a defense the other person could have for a higher amount of spousal support, maintenance, alimony, spousal support. On the children front, you just can't take your child, you know, I'm just leaving and taking the children. No, you have to have a parenting agreement. So you go to court to get a parenting agreement if you can't agree, but the court's going to say, well, we need a hearing. But, you know, why don't we just do a full custody uh, case? So let's go get what's called forensics. That's very expensive. That takes time. So you might be in this holding pattern for over a year. Now you're saying, well, why don't I just put it in a prenup? How about in a prenup? It's my separate property anyway. It's my home. I bought it before the marriage. I want that person out. Wouldn't that work? It may work if there's no children. But if there's children, I don't know if it's going to work because, it's, first of all, this court still has to do a parenting plan. And the other party might say, hey, I can't leave without the child. That's going to prejudice you know, my, my case. And the court might just maintain the status quo until there's, um, you know, until there's a resolution of the ch children issues. So as you can see, it's a big mess. And we didn't even get to who's paying for everything. You know, one party wants to sell the home. One party doesn't. Five years go by. What do you get to recoup? Do you get to recoup 100% of the mortgage payment or just to pay down to the mortgage? I mean, it gets complicated. Now, until there's a sea change in the law, and I believe right now, I haven't given it you know, 100% of my thought, but I'm on board with selling it early on. I don't know why we wouldn't. Maybe this comes from a pre-no-fault uh, divorce mindset, but sell the home as soon as you can. If the court has to make some orders with custody, make limited orders with respect to a parenting plan. Get everyone out of that toxic environment. I think that's where it's going because in 2010, at least in New York, no-fault divorce. And I think no-fault divorce is where it is in most places. So this really comes down to a risk management assessment. And it's really a difference between a misery on one side of the column and the other side is happiness. So here's three questions to consider. Question number one. How much misery are you willing to endure? How much misery are you willing to endure? Now, if you are, um, let's just say, polarized in your position, you know, I'm not leaving. My way is the highway. Then you'll be in there for a decade before you get kicked out. I mean, we have a case in New York, I'm sure other places, people blown up their homes. You know, let's say court says you have to sell your home. You have to give half to your spouse. I don't care. I'll blow up my home, judge. And you know what? I'll blow up the home with me in it. People say that's crazy. Well, people do it. People lose their minds. 
That's why you have to be very careful. Normal people lose their minds when they're so stressed and backed into a corner. Don't think you're any different. Be careful. All right, second thing. What is your happiness worth? Is it worth five years out of your life? Can you leave money on the table? If it's hard for you to come up with a calculus, think about what would what's important to you, not just now or in the next few months, but in five or 10 years. Five or 10 years. All right, moving to positive perspective. I've been thinking about addiction because I've been you know, reading about Tom Brady, basically blew up his family to play more football. And you know, when we think of addiction, we think of something negative, or at least I do. I think of drugs and alcohol addiction, right? That's generally what, I, what we see often. Maybe sometimes um, sexual addictions, but generally those are the addictions. And, you know, but sometimes addictions could be positive in a way. So let's take work. Now, if we have too little work, we have problems. If we have too much work, in one sense, we are rewarded. We're rewarded financially, maybe with accolades. Uh, but we don't talk about what happens to our home lives and the stress that puts on us. So I hate to say my grandmother was right. Because as I'm getting older, she was right about a lot of things, maybe heavy-handed in the way she gave her advice, but she's right. Everything in moderation, middle ground, full stop. So when we think about addictions, don't just think about something negative, you know, too much, you know, uh, substance abuse, but think of something that could be positive, like work. Uh, so my positive perspective is anything in, in overuse could be bad, even though in moderation it could be good. So thank you, Grandma, for do, giving us our positive perspective. All right. Uh, remember, this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please consult with your attorney before acting on the information contained in the podcast. Until next time, be creative, not reactive. Mm-hmm.